0: Nerds, man, miss our stick, but sometimes we throw it's okay to be a hater but don't be a dick.
1: Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater. A podcast hosted and produced by mike Hall and Jim Harris where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. Edited by Jim Harris. And music by Mike Hall. Oh, hello there. Stay a while and listen. All right, we are here on a wonderfully stormy afternoon during the Server Slam beta test of Diablo 4 which I am very excited about because Diablo is probably my favorite video game series of all time. Joining me in playing is Brandon, who started playing the game with me. We kind of got introduced to the game at the same time. And Jim is over there pretending like he knows anything about video games. What's a video game? So we're going to mostly ignore Jim. So it's going to be like a normal podcast. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So Brandon and I got introduced to Diablo. It came out in 1997, and we
2: were going around a blockbuster, I believe it was. Millions of years ago, yeah. back in the day when those things existed.
1: So back in the day, you couldn't get movies or TV or anything at home. You had to like go get them and <laughs> to at a, to a physical store <laughs> and bring them back. And yeah. So we were trying to find a a video game to play because to this point, we just kind of played a few things like, you know, obviously we both grew up playing games, but we never really played anything that seriously. It was the Mario's and Sonics and whatnot, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Earthworm Jim type stuff. Uh, We're strolling around trying to find what game we wanted to try. And we came across this box with like a red hooded skull on it. And it said Diablo and Flames. And we were like, hell yes, this is the game. I don't even care what it's about. We're playing this game. So we rented that game on PlayStation, went back to Brandon's place, and we started playing it. And I think both of us were just astonished by it. I don't know. What did you think, Brandon?
2: It was fun. Dungeon Crawler. It was the first game that I think we played that had multiple bosses to it. So when we talked about it, we were like, we beat the Butcher. And then you realize you're, like, a tenth of the way in. It was grueling and fun.
1: Yeah, we'd never really played a game like that, because it was dark, it was gory, and, like, there wasn't, like, go over here and jump over this cliff or, or anything like that. It was, you're fighting demons, and they're they're bloody and they're <laughs> evil, and it was just amazing. And then, like, as he was saying about the butcher, like, you're playing through, and all of a sudden you hear ah oh, fresh meat <laughs> and all of a sudden you're getting like a spike chain thrown at your face and it was just we'd never seen anything like that it's like I, I want to play this forever and yeah. so far I have been
2: I mean that's kind of the thing about these games is you can play them forever because they're really just dungeon crawlers
0: is that the classification of this game dungeon crawler?
2: um
1: RPG and this was actually the first like big named RPG for people to play so that's role-playing game? Is that what RPG is? Correct. And so right now we're playing, like I said, Diablo 4. We're playing the beta version of it right before it comes out. And this one is more of an MMO RPG, whatever that's supposed to mean. I'm not really a big gamer. Massive multiplayer yeah. something or other. MMO
0: so would be massive multiplayer online.
1: So it's these games have always been like there's online options. There's multiplayer options playing online. I've never really been into it. That much this one is kind of forcing you like it's open world with other people around but you don't have to play with the other people which is kind of cool Um, so I played this is actually my third beta version of going through this game and I'm I'm loving it so far but for the series like Diablo one like we said we, we started playing it on the PlayStation over at Brandon's place and rented it I don't even remember how I ended up getting it but I ended up getting it for PC playing it on my dad's PC I just remember I legit found the sword that everyone was hacking to make, and I just dominated that game. I remember Brandon brought up me being really excited about the expansion when it came out, because then I could play as the Barbarian and have two weapons. That was awesome, but I I mostly only really played as the Paladin. So just to take a step
0: back from that, I'm I'm sorry, for people who maybe like me, who don't quite grasp, because obviously we're doing this as an audio podcast, I'm watching Mike and Brandon play. So we've said it's an RPG a role player game. So you play as a character and there are different characters that have that are different classes. So they, that does give you access to like different like character attributes and weapons that you can use. Or is it like the same weapons for everybody?
1: The same weapons are available, but there are some weapons that only certain classes can wield.
2: And there are certain perks for certain classes, if that makes sense. Like
0: special abilities, you mean? Yeah,
2: like starting-wise, the the main core skill,
1: like you have strength as a tribute, uh, dexterity. Intelligence. Vitality. Oh, yeah, vitality and mana. Yeah. Like different characters have, like, if you are the paladin who is kind of like a knight, or if you are uh, the barbarian, which is a barbarian, strength is going to be your main attribute. So the more points you put into strength, the more damage you're going to do and everything like that, and they're going to have a lot more strength. If you were the rogue who is generally a bow and arrow type person, they're going to have more dexterity for the aim. And if you were a sorcerer, then you're going to have more in intelligence to learn skills, right? So that's, you have to kind of build your character based off of that. And the way the game is set up, like as you progress, you get more ability points and, and things like that. You can put into skills and the skills are what you do to do damage as you're basically
2: you're hunting demons and trying to fight the forces of evil. And they also kind of push you in directions. So, like, you'll need a certain amount of dexterity, we'll say, to have a bow. And anybody can carry it. But at a certain point, your character cannot... You can't put the attributes into dexterity to be able to do it unless you're a certain character. Ah! (laughs) kill you free Jill, you die from it. Sorry. <laughs> hey, now I we, had, we got attacked by a bear.
0: Got Sorry. attacked by a bear. A bear. So I had to imagine that the graphics today must be substantially better than they were back oh, yeah. when they started. They started in what, night? you said nineteen ninety seven? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But at the time, those were amazing graphics too. The I mean we were excited were, by polygons. Right. We were
0: excited by polygons. <laughs> and again, my ignorance in video games. Was the story type thing a, a newish type thing?
2: It's an old story, right? There's demons. I mean, I mean like as a game, it's like a,
0: no, I don't mean that. I mean, like just in terms of a game format, instead of just like playing like a shoot 'em up type game, or is like, There's an actual story with a plot that you're supposed to somewhat follow? So,
1: is that it, relatively unique, or was relatively unique at that time? Not really. A lot of games had had that before. And really, almost every game has some sort of story element to it, but you just don't always know what it is. What made this one unique is that it was it, it was just such a dark story. And it was huge. And huge.
2: It so, was really, really, really big for the time.
1: Yeah, so like Brandon was saying uh, earlier about... Hey, I got skill point. You know, we've, <laughs> <laughs> you, you fight the, the butcher and you're like, oh, I just beat the game because the way the butcher came up, it was like the final boss of a, of a regular game. And then all of a sudden like it kept going. You're like, oh, okay. And then you get you beat another boss and then it keeps going. And you're like, oh, what is going on here? And then you all of a sudden you get to the to what would be normally again the final boss. Like this has to be the last boss. And then it says end of act one. And then act two starts. It's like, holy crap, how long is this game? And it has to be one of the best game series ever, both in storyline and gameplay. Uh, it's a very complex storyline. Another thing that made this game different is it didn't just tell you the storyline. Like, you had to figure it out. You had to go around and talk to the townsfolk to figure out what the whole story actually was. You had to, like, come across people in the wilderness and talk to them and, and have dialogue to figure out what it is. Yeah, Are um, there,
0: like, special hidden items that you had to collect or something?
1: It, it's all randomized. Okay. Um, so, like, you kill a certain monster and it'll drop something. This could be junk, it could be something okay, it could be something fantastic. And then every pe- every item is going to have randomized attributes to it as well of what it gives you to do extra damage or, or whatever it is, or extra skills. And that's all randomized too. So earlier when I said that, when I was playing the first Diablo, and I legit found the sword that everybody hacked to make, I found that random sword that was had such high attributes to it that nobody, like almost nobody else, found it. Everybody had to, like you know, break the code and code it in to to make it. The game is, like I said, is more for PC for most people. It's available on console, but it's a lot more playable on PC. And um, you had
0: said that it's multiplayer, but you don't have to play that way. I mean, you yeah. and, uh, are you and Brandon technically on the same team.
2: Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Yeah.
1: So right now we are playing together as as a as a team. See, and that was the thing, too, about previous games is, you know, if you were playing in the online multiplayer arena, somebody could kill you and take all your stuff.
0: Technically, right now, could you guys attack each other?
1: Uh, we could if we went to the PvP area. Okay. But as of right now, the way, the way this game, which is, I, I guess, kind of what makes it unique, is that you can't just... Fight each other. Anybody regularly? You have to go to a specific area where there's
2: PvP. You have to agree to it. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. So you don't have dicks just. It's not like somebody
2: come in and just say, "Hey, fuck your sister and kill you." Right. (laughs) Someone
0: like who's like a really high level that has a lot of cool, powered up attributes and cool like weapons can't just come and hunt
1: down all the lesser players. Right, and that's what used to happen all the time.
0: That's what used to happen in other games, not Diablo? Or? No,
2: other Diablo games. Yeah. Other Diablo games. It was games a big too. thing in World of Warcraft, too.
0: This is Diablo 4, so that the player versus player is an optional area that's unique? Correct. Oh, Whereas okay. the
1: previous versions, it was if you were online with other people, they could kill you and take your stuff. And it huh. wasn't like, oh, you also have the stuff now, too. No, it was you no longer have the things that you work hours and hours. Because that's the thing about this game, too, is to get good equipment. You have to grind for hours and hours and hours unless you're super lucky.
0: It wasn't there, I, I, I before we started recording I, on one of the screens, it was uh, something called hardcore mode. So that was kind of an aspect. Again, these questions are probably sound really dumb to anyone who knows anything about video games, but I know nothing about video games. So, if you die right now, you would just re, is respawn? Is that the right term?
1: Yeah, yeah you you would respawn at the, at the most recent checkpoint.
0: Would you lose the stuff you had? or
1: No, usually... I'm not sure how this one works yet. Yeah, I haven't sometimes seen
2: it. you lose it, but you can come back and get it. Yeah. And sometimes you just kind of respawn, but the durability of all your weapons goes down. And you lose some experience points. So, so that's
0: how you can keep playing and playing and playing, because even if you die, you get to come back
2: right Mm -hmm.
0: unless you're playing in hardcore mode when you die you die
2: correct and then you're DED dead that's all the dead (laughs) (laughs) that's a dead without an A (laughs) that's great a dead (laughs) another thing that makes
1: this game or at least at the time
2: yeah but and
1: somewhat still continues to make this game different and I would argue better than most games is that there's so many different ways to play So like we mentioned all the different characters and now there's between all the games I think there's like seven or eight different types of characters you can play and throughout all of them each one has so many different ways to play each character because they've got certain skills but you don't necessarily use all the skills you choose which skills you want to use and as you get experience points and you level up you get to choose what you put those ability points into to make those skills stronger.
0: So, for example, I've noticed that Brandon's character seems to turn into a bear-like creature?
2: Yes, it is a werebear.
0: A werebear? Yes. So is that, like, ability of your character class?
2: Yeah. Right now I'm playing as a druid, and uh, druids have the ability to harness nature. So I could be a werewolf, I can do electrical attacks, earth attacks, wind stuff... Mike is playing a rogue, so their techniques tend to be more dexterous, like bows and arrows and traps and things of that nature. Yeah, the the druid is
1: more of a tank, which would be like a big, sturdy character that can take a lot of damage and also puts out a lot of damage, but is usually slower. The rogue, which throughout the game there's been different types of rogues, and this one you could be either. You could be either a bow rogue somebody that shoots bow and arrow, or you could be like one that uses knives. Uh, previous games, there's one that used pull arms more. I tend to be the bow more, so it's more hit and move, which okay. is weird because normally my play style is very much the tank. But for some reason, uh, in Diablo 3, I learned to love the rogue. Does that also give you like ranged attacks? Yes, or? yes. So generally speaking, the way that, and that's kind of why I, I let Brandon choose what character he was going to be first. Finding out he's going to be more of a tank-type character, that's why I chose the Rogue, so that while enemies are focusing on him, I can sit back and pick him off.
2: So like in this situation, they all come to me. And he hits all the red barrels and, and kills himself. That scans. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we, we started playing the series together, and we've continued playing the series together to a certain extent, but I mean, honestly, I would say I probably took off with the game a lot more than Brandon did. Yes. When I got the first one on PC, like it was really like people would be like, "Hey, let's go do this thing." I'm like, "Nah, I'm going to I'm going to stay home and and play this game." And nobody really understood why as much. Except Brandon understood cuz he played it before. But and then Diablo 2 came out and I played the crap out of that. And I guess that's an important thing to talk about too is Diablo 2 for people that, that really love the series, Diablo 2 is like the best game for most people because it's much more of a computer-based really focus and know what you're doing because decided. die motherfucker. sorry <laughs> <laughs> once you uh put ability points in you couldn't change it and so you were kind of stuck with what you chose so if you didn't know what was going to happen down the road you were kind of screwed and what i didn't like about it was like i had developed a character that i really liked playing with it was a lot of fun to play with and then you get into the harder difficulties So I guess that's another thing to to point out, too. The way that the game is kind of set up is, like, you beat it on the normal difficulty or the easy difficulty, and then after that, you start the game over on the next level difficulty and everything's much harder, and then you beat that and you start over on the next difficulty level. So it's still the same character with the same skills, but you're starting the game at the beginning again with just much harder enemies. And so as you're doing that in Diablo 2... As you get to the harder difficulties, things started, like, the bad guys started becoming immune to certain things, like immune to fire attacks, immune to cold attacks, whatever. Well, the character that I had built was a very strong physical attack build, and then I get into things are immune to physical attacks, and I could no longer do damage. And I've tried starting over a couple times, and I just end up in the same type of situation. So I ended up actually not liking Diablo 2 that much.
2: But... In the first one, it was a big deal that like you had to have the right magic or whatever. like you couldn't use holy damage against a uh,
1: you couldn't use holy damage against like a goat man because it wasn't evil.
0: That kind of brings me back to one of the things I had asked before we had started. How much of the lore of the game appeals to you? So, I mean because like Diablo is basically set in a fictional world called sanctuary, correct?:
1: Correct. So the the idea of the story is there's heaven, there's hell, and then in between heaven and hell is
2: a place called Pandemonium. No, that's not right. It it is. Pandemonium is the capital city of hell. Nope. I promise you I'm correct. Google that shit, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) I absolutely promise you I am correct. Because it's a made-up word by Milton.
0: According to Diablo Wiki, Pandemonium is one of the realms of creation, and it lies at the epicenter of reality. It is the scar of the universe's violent birth due to the battle waged between Anu and the dragon Halimuth. Pandemonium acts as the nexus between the high heavens and the burning hells. oh so hmm. I believe that is so what Mike is, says. Who is correct?
1: I believe Mike is correct. Huh. It's almost like I've been spending the last like six months preparing for this game, watching everything... <laughs>
2: It's well, still I, wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, how how much of that does that? I mean, it's cool to talk about. But does that was that attractive about the game? The lore of that, in terms of that, it's angels and demons and a place between. Yeah. Uh, does that really matter, or are you just run around beating stuff up and shooting things?
2: Both.
1: Both. Both? I mean, the yeah. original appeal was, oh, cool. We oh, get to go around killing. Yeah.
2: Oh rad. There's stuff to break. Right.
1: <laughs> you know, breaking barrels and killing demons and whatnot and then you start to learn what the lore actually is and it's freaking awesome so like so for instance in the first game like you're you're going through and you're fighting everything and eventually you find out that like the main character is actually the son of the king who's trying to to stop diablo is diablo and, the
0: big bad
1: yeah in the first in game the first diablo's one, yeah. the, the big bad and then at the end of that game isn't um,
0: he the greatest of the evils or something
1: no, no, he's one of the prime evils. Yeah. one of the prime evils. Okay, there's three prime evils: Mephisto, Bale, and
2: Diablo. And they okay. all have like their little attributes yeah, or like, whatever. Yeah.
0: So they're the demons, right? And are there also like angels in the first game? That
1: not? Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion is there, and he's on going through the series as well. And are um, the
0: human characters human, or are they, like, hybrid half-angel, half-demon?
1: So there there are some that are uh, Haradrim, which are half-angel, half-human. Nephilim. Nephilim, sorry. And then Haradrim were the kind of mages that tried to protect everything. That's
0: one-one. Yeah. Brandon has got one right. <laughs> Mike has got one right.
1: Sorry, I'm focused on trying to play the game. Right
0: Why now. is it so hard to talk while playing the game at the same time? I'm clearly not struggling at all. Because I'm just sitting here watching them. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so I'm sorry. You were you were talking
1: about the lore and the the game. So so yeah it becomes awesome so like at the end of that game
2: <laughs> smash
1: what, what's really <laughs> cool so the idea is i mean there's i don't want to go into like this is what this whole story is because that would be like a oh, no, six no. hour I, I podcast tra- but oh, yeah
0: i wasn't asking for like what the whole story is i was just saying that there is right. a story and then it's part of the appeal of the game
1: right yeah for sure as i was saying so you're like the son of the main character is the son of the king uh, the mad king who's been corrupted by diablo and Diablo, in order to get onto Sanctuary, he had to be tied to what they, they, they call the World... Not the World Stone. No, there was a, a World
2: Stone. The World Stone was later, but it's... That's how that's how the first game ended. Right, that's, but, what, that's yeah. what I'm going
1: on. So, like, the, the stone that he's tied to, whatever that's called, I don't remember off the top of my head because I'm trying to kill these things right now. The main character ends up taking it and shoving it into his own brain to try to contain Diablo. And then the second game is Diablo ended up corrupting him and using his body to unleash his brothers, Mephisto and Bale. You're playing as this character, essentially? In, in
2: the first game. In the first game.
1: Okay. like The goodie becomes game, a baddie. Yeah, the, the first <laughs> game, it is like the characters that you can play as are supposedly working with the main character. So, like, you're playing as a fighty character that's helping this other guy. But, like, in the cutscenes and stuff. It was just that guy, and it was kind of weird because it was limited abilities at the time. But that was actually another cool thing about the game that, again, not not a lot of games did this way. Was there was like huge, amazing cinematic cutscenes between the acts and stuff that were like watching a movie. And we're about to get into a boss battle here. Oh, I'm gonna and die. Brandon's so probably hard. gonna scream, and it's gonna be funny. <laughs> You can play the game and you can ignore the lore and you can ignore the storyline and you can just kill monsters and go and it's still fun. But if you get into the lore, it just makes the game that much better. As we fight this boss battle.
0: Ah! Die! So boss is just the the big monster at the end of a level?
1: Pretty much. We're at the end of a dungeon right now. And so we have to defeat this demon that is the guy in charge of this particular dungeon. This dungeon.
2: And then, I don't what? like that they said I was vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> how dare
1: they psychoanalyze you like that? I know. <laughs> no matter how accurate, it's,
0: it's not my fault. <laughs> but it's nice you get to work out your aggression by hitting things.
1: <laughs> and the things that die deserve it because you know they're evil hellspawn. They're demons. <laughs> Once we defeat this boss at the end of this dungeon, a chest will appear, and you know we get a bunch of cool items out of it, which then make our character stronger. To move on to the next dungeon or in this game we can travel the world of sanctuary and do whatever we want to do you got to
2: shoot them way harder faster
1: (laughs) keep an eye on your health there i'm doing it there we go
2: suck it
1: so there we just got a bunch of items and did we level up we probably leveled up we leveled up now you get all these items and you get to go through the items and decide which ones you want to use so at the beginning it's a lot easier because it's like hey is this one stronger does this chest protector have better armor than the other chest protector? But then as you move on, it's like, okay, this one gives you more strength, but this one gives you more critical hit damage. Which one do I want to hmm. use? And it just kind of keeps building and building, getting more and more complex, which again makes, that's kind of what makes this game infinitely playable is you're you're trying to find the gear that makes you
2: stronger as you progress, I mean, even in this, right, I have this decision where I can have Fierce Maul, which increases the range and radius of Maul, or Maul that has a 20% chance to knock down people. So he's talking about
1: in the skills. Mm-hmm. So right now we're both leveled up, so we have an ability point we can put into a skill. There's so many options that you have to kind of look through and decide. And you end up building, you know, as you progress and you have so many skill points. You want to pick and choose which skills work well together to get the strongest build available so that you can actually win your fights. Do certain skills pair well with certain weapons? Yes. Yes. Yep. Same idea. So you're trying to find the skills that work together and the weapons that work with those skills. And sometimes you'll find a really good weapon that works for other skills and you have to change your entire build, and, which then changes the entire way you play that character based on what you have and what's available.
0: So this is far more cerebral than just a shoot 'em up type game. There's strategy involved and things you have to think through in terms of instead of just sort of like mindlessly playing the game. There's lots of decisions to make.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's very much. And then you also like you can you know whatever equipment you find that may or may not be good, you can take it back. You can take it to the blacksmith and you can break it down for the metals and you could build other stuff, other weapons and armors, stuff like that off of that. Or you could go sell it to a merchant, so then you have gold that you can use to purchase other things. There's a lot of options. There's a lot to think about. Which is really what draws me in, which makes me keep loving this game and playing the game. Especially at this point in time, there's 500 billion different go-hack-and-slash-demon games. And there's 500,000 RPGs and MMOs and, and everything else. But this one just mixes everything so well. Why go play another one when I can keep playing this one? It is kind of where I'm at with it. Even Diablo three, which, you know, by most super fans is was considered the worst one. I still loved it and I played it nonstop all the way up till this game started coming out, which was like ten years almost.
0: And has that been about like ten years in between games?
1: Give or take. The second one came out not too long after the first, but then the third one was like ten years later, and then this one was almost ten years later as well.
0: Oh, there were like expansions in between them,
1: right? Yeah pretty much every game like a year or two after the game came out there was an expansion that came out that gave more characters and additional storyline aspects and then with Diablo 3 and also Diablo 4 once or twice a year they'll come out with a season basically you start over with a new character and you go through and you have like specific goals to achieve throughout the season which then gives you better rewards and it just again makes it you just keep playing and playing and playing you I think somebody figured out that there's like 300 trillion different ways of putting a character together in Diablo 3 and that was Ooh. way lesser than Diablo 2. You know, it's there's so many different options and play styles that you just keep starting over and playing again and it still still stays fun.
2: Brutal two-handed hammer.
1: <laughs> so for instance, if you read that, so it tells you like how much damage you're going to do, how much additional damage, how quickly you're going to be able to attack and then any other anything else it gives you. So then you got to compare that to any other weapon that you might want to use and see which one's going to work best for the way that you play.
2: I will say that this game so far has done a really good job of laying out, like, oh, this one does negative 39 damage than what I have, so I don't want that.
1: But then as you progress, like this is still the beginning of the game with mm-hmm. lesser gear. As you progress, sometimes you might take that lesser overall damage because of the additional stuff
2: that weapon will The regulator. little attributes that yeah. it might have.
1: Come here, moose. So (laughs) this game has random wild animals running around and you can kill them, but it doesn't get you anything. So it's just if you want to be a jerk face like Brandon. Yes. If you want to learn more about animal cruelty, listen to our Guardians of the Galaxy episode.
0: So now you're in like some type of tavern?
1: Yeah. So they sent us on that mission to, to go clear out that dungeon. And now we come back and now they're celebrating and partying and I don't want to give away too much more because this is part of the game and I don't want to get canceled. Like my real world, Diablo takes place in a tavern. (laughs) You do very frequently actually go meet people at taverns. And and I mean, it's set up, you know, there's small towns and you go. That's another thing, I guess, When, when you're whatever area you're in, you're kind of based in a town and you go run your missions and you come back to town and talk to different people and do different things. I can see
0: it having an appeal on multiple levels to people who really want to get into the story and the lore and stuff. They can, but if you really just Fuck want you, to Voldemort, and, like smack dude, it.
1: he's not a bad guy. Oh.
2: He's with us.
0: Um, <laughs> was Brandon just trying to uh, attack a friendly and the game wouldn't let him?
2: Yes. Yes. Um, In my defense, he looks evil.
0: And I think you would explain to this to me off mic. Ooh. So up to four people can play
1: together, but only two on a screen. For this one, yes. Okay. Yep. I don't remember if we were playing together on the same screen. Yeah, in Diablo 3 you could, I guess multiplayer on one screen is only available on console. And on 3 you could play up to 4 people on the screen, on the same screen. This one, I, I guess I'm not sure. I think only 2, but I only have 2 controllers, so only 2. <laughs> but again, however many are online on the server, millions. But So in this game what it is, like, you can have a group of up to 4 playing together like as a group but you're still going to encounter other people in the world. I went through some of the story in the first go-through of the beta, but I've been mostly skipping it because I'm kind of saving it for when the game comes out, and then I'll really immerse myself. So I, I love this game so much. I actually took a week and a half off work to just play this game when it comes out, and I'll probably play through it with two or three different characters at least to build them up to see which ones I really like to play with the most.
0: So we're recording this on May 13th, and the game comes out in June.
1: Yep, June sixth is when it officially comes out. But if you pre-order the game, you have early access June first.
0: So they always release a beta? So you're essentially helping to test the game.
1: Uh, not openly like this normally. Not this big. Usually they kind of ch- pick and choose like certain people that are like known in the the world of fandom, and let them test it out, uh, which they did as well. They even took some of the like. You know, some people that run YouTube channels that, like, that's all they do is play Diablo-type games and stream it and teach people how to play it and whatnot. Teach people how to build their character the way that they should. They took a bunch of them and gave them already built-up characters in Endgame and let them play the Endgame to see how it tested out and played. Because that's actually where... An ongoing thing is this game doesn't start until you beat the game. It's the Endgame that makes it more fun to play cuz you there. beat the final That's boss cool. and then it's just kind of an open world go run dungeons and whatever else is available at the time
0: so beating the game means beating the, the built-in storyline
2: right. yeah and yep. then you then you get the opportunity to build up your character and find all the weird cool weapons and depending on what you pick for your class learn new skills and like when i think in The first one, when we played that, I beat the game at a level 20, and the levels go up to 99. Yeah. So, you just keep going. Maybe we just pause the recording for now. Okay, you guys play. All
1: right, so here we are after pausing for two weeks. After we stopped recording the last time... Brandon left, and then Jim hopped on and started playing the beta, having never played a video game since Pong, basically. <laughs>
0: a few, there was been a few decades, yes.
1: And then, so after the beta finished, Jim went ahead and played Diablo 3. I, I let him borrow Diablo 3, and he went ahead and played that for... About 10 days. Oh, b- before, the word I was looking for was Soulstone. Soul Stone. Yes, earlier when Mike referred to the World Stone,
0: which is a different aspect of the game, yeah, he really meant to say Soul Stone. The,
1: the, I, I sat here for probably... I, I know you edited a lot of it out, but it was probably like 15 minutes of me trying to figure out Soul Stone. <laughs> and I kept saying... Like, in my head, I'm like, no, that's not right, because that was one of the Infinity Stones in, in Avengers. <laughs> and so I just could not lock onto that. And then eventually looked it up or whatever. I was like, yep, that was Soulstone." I'm an idiot.
0: Yeah. I mean, playing Diablo three, the black Soulstone plays
1: a very big part of the story of that. So it's mm. like,
0: yep, it's definitely
1: Soulstone." So what'd you think? I mean, so you started playing Diablo four, you were super confused.
0: Yes. So I, I probably ended up playing, it was that Saturday. I think I played for a couple of hours after Brandon left. And then I came back the next day and I played for a couple of hours until the, the, the beta just ended at some point on that Sunday. Yeah. So I think I might have got in like five or six hours. The thing that also happened in between those two times was Sunday morning. So we recorded on that Saturday. Sunday morning, I went out and went on a scavenger hunt and bought a PlayStation 5. Had to go to two targets and a Walmart before I could actually find someone who had a PlayStation 5 in stock. So I brought that to Mike's house because when we were first playing the Diablo 4 beta on Saturday... It was annoying you to play on the same screen, not only because I was an idiot and like not following you. <laughs> I was like, where are you going, Jim? Uh, it was also just confusing in general when you're on the same screen and you have two people. So I went out not just for that reason. I wanted to get a PlayStation anyway, Bought a PlayStation. And on Sunday, you set me up separate PlayStation, separate TV screen. Mm-hmm. And then we played for a couple of hours before the beta expired on Sunday.
1: So I I do want to point out again, you haven't played a video game since Atari, (laughs) and you jumped from Atari 30 years ago to a PS5.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did play the first PlayStation, but pretty much with a roommate at the time who largely played Madden football. So that was the last time I played a video game. Ouch. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it had been quite a long time since I played a proper video game. So I was... uh, during the Diablo 4 beta, I was very good at shooting walls.
1: Yeah, you did that quite well. <laughs> um, and, and I would also say, too, like some of the and we talked about this off mic a little bit, too. Some of the questions you were asking in the beginning <laughs> in the first part, I was both really confused on why you were asking those questions and trying to focus on playing the game and trying to explain it at the same time. So that that's some of the lack of focus that was going on in that and why it kind of seems a little off or any, and stuff. There's some question, because as I'm trying to answer it, I'm like, oh, right. He doesn't know video games at all, so this doesn't make sense. (laughs) And and so now that you've played, Mm -hmm. some of that makes a little more sense.
0: Oh, it makes tremendously more sense. So having played it, like you said, I borrowed Diablo 3, so I played it on my own at my house for 10 days. To my surprise, although I was playing at the lowest difficulty level, to my surprise, I beat the story of Diablo 3, which I know is not difficult to do, (laughs) especially at the lowest difficulty, but I wasn't expecting to. But And I know at one point you would say, "What? maybe if we played together, I would be able to level up faster, but I think it was much better for me to slog through Mm -hmm. knowing nothing and making a bunch of stupid mistakes and not really playing all aspects of the game to fumble my way through completing the storyline of Diablo 3 over the course of probably 10 days. I think I played,
1: I don't know, somewhere around 50 hours of Diablo over the course of 10 days. Which, which he feels like was a lot, yes, and then I'm sitting there going, "Oh, so you barely scratched the surface of the game."
0: <laughs> yes, in in gamer's mode, I played for five minutes and right. in gamer's time frame, when I say I played for fifty hours, and that's how, and I only know that because the PlayStation 5 has a little timer on it, probably all of yeah. them do. They tell, that shows you how much, how often you've been playing the game, so
1: but also that that fifty hours to a gamer is play through the game like four times.:
0: right. Yeah, I think I looked up online that someone said that if you were focused, you could play the storyline in 18 hours. If all you did was run through the story, yeah. you could you could complete it in, on on average in about 18 hours. And that
1: includes all the side quests and everything, too, with it that you weren't doing.
0: I skipped. I did a lot of them in Act One and the beginning of Act Two. But from Act 2 through to the end, I pretty much stayed almost singularly yeah. focused on the storyline.
1: But I, I guess also like, I haven't played the storyline campaign mode in so long. I don't really remember what all of it is, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Because after playing through it a few times, I just went to adventure mode, which is basically just open the world, do what you want. So I started doing that, and that's how I tend to level up. So I I really thought about, you know, on like day two of you playing it, mm-hmm. I really thought about just buying the game again. So I could jump in and help you with it because I understand, especially if you don't have a gaming background, it could be really confusing on what you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, I could jump in and help you out, you know, not just to level you up, but also help explain what you're doing, why you're doing it and stuff like that. Um, that probably would have helped immensely. But then I thought about it again. I'm like, you know, having not played the games and not knowing the controller, you don't have all the buttons that accessible right away. Right. And so I was like, if I let you slog through it, like you said, that introduces the buttons a little more slowly, so you're not getting overwhelmed with having all the buttons available all at once.
0: And I like the fact that you could also customize it, too, and and move things to different buttons, Mm -hmm. which help things. But yeah, I I was very, as I said during the first part of the recording, I don't have a lot of manual dexterity or coordination, so a PlayStation controller is a very meh, fumbly thing for me to operate. So it, it was it was good that I spent the 10 days slogging because I got gradually more proficient at you know I wasn't running into and shooting walls. I was actually aiming at the thing that I was trying to hit. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually moving through the the dungeons and the mazes pretty well. Uh, and then once I got into uh, a rhythm, that the, the storyline made sense to me and what I was doing. So yeah, it, it felt more uh, natural.
1: and that that lack of coordination <coughs> and dexterity. Is not just with your fingers on a controller. Oh no, it, it is across the board.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Uh, <laughs> which you know we, we often joke about. He's he's always got to have a lid on his cup because he spills his drinks all the time. Mm-hmm. Always got to have a bib when he eats because he spills everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Basically, I got a vacuum after you leave every. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes.
1: So so yeah, uh, it gets to be funny. So you you enjoyed Diablo three.
0: I did. I mean, like one of the things I asked during the while. Well, I was bugging you and Brandon while you were playing. It was like, how important is the story, How the lore, and you get into it. Mm-hmm. And you can obviously play the game with ignoring it for the most part. The very first time you go through it, you kind of have to pay attention enough to understand why you're being mm-hmm. sent to do the next thing. But it is actually kind of a, a cool story. And it kind of blends together and tells an interesting thing to follow. So it was actually enjoyable. I could see... I ran through all of Act 1 with one character I played as a demon hunter and then I went back and redid Act 1 with everything but a necromancer because I was going to have to buy the necromancer pack to play as a necromancer. When I ran through with the other characters I skipped. I kissed hitting the continue button. I didn't have to listen to the story. I was like, I know what's happening now so I just Mm -hmm. kept going through it with that and then I ended up finishing the whole game with the Demon Hunter, and I only did past Act 1 with a, a witch doctor. So I didn't really... But I played at least a little bit with all of the characters other than the Necromancer. But the very first time through the stories of each of the acts, it was fun to follow, and the cutscenes were fun. And it was an interesting story. I I, I enjoyed it. It does definitely add a, a layer to the game that if you're looking for that and you're into that, I, I can see why it would be enjoyable.
1: And, and I would say, also, I mean, Diablo 4 when we're playing the beta, the first day of just playing it a couple hours together, the first day was enjoyable enough for you that you bought the PlayStation and stuff to play it the second day, Mm -hmm. which then was enjoyable enough to you that you were curious about Diablo 3. And so you started playing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and for me in the the time in between, I went back and started playing Diablo 2 Resurrected again because I no longer had, I've been craving Diablo so much. And (laughs) after having the conversation, I actually went to, I wanted to play Diablo 1 again but it wasn't available unless I wanted to like go back and buy it for PC or something again. I really just didn't want to do that. So I started playing Diablo II Resurrected, which for you, Jim, and if anybody else doesn't know, so Diablo II came out, was it 99, something like that? It, it came out a long time ago. <laughs> but people have been playing it so much for so long, and they've been kind of craving like, hey, could you update it a little bit? So a couple years ago, uh, they came out with Diablo II Resurrected, which is basically just kind of a remastering of the same game. So it just looks a little bit better, but it still plays the same and everything. A couple minor tweaks to it. So I started playing that again because there's so many people that are so Diablo 2 is like the best game ever. And I just, as I mentioned before, I didn't, I liked it, but I didn't like it that much. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more later.
0: And you had... When I said I wanted to try something, you gave me Diablo three specifically. Why was that? So like why didn't you have me borrow Diablo two? Uh
1: well, A, because I don't have a physical copy to let you borrow. I downloaded it. Ah. So that, that's a big part. But also Diablo two is a game for hardcore gamers. Diablo three is more enjoyable for all gamers. So Diablo two, the reason it's so enjoyable is because it's it's designed specifically for a hardcore grinding. I'm going to play this forever over and over and over again, spend hours and hours and days and years grinding on this game, playing it. Whereas Diablo three is much more enjoyable for a medium game. So like if you don't have all the time in the world to play, Diablo two is going to be really rough to to do anything high level. Okay. Diablo three, because you can find gear a lot easier and stuff. Mm-hmm. you can play it at a somewhat higher level sooner without having to spend as much time on it.
0: That makes sense because the only... I was playing at the lowest difficulty, so again, it wasn't difficult to beat. The only time I actually texted you and said I had a problem was I got, when I got to the final boss at the end of Act 5, death. Maltheal. Maltheal was the only time... I mean, I had died a few times, but it had been a while since I had died. And that was the only boss that I ever struggled against. And at that point, again, because I had kind of skipped a lot of the side quests, I was only a level 50 mm-hmm. while I was attempting to to beat the game. And I didn't have great gear or anything like that. And I was dying. And you were like, well, you're going to have to grind for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. I mean, I, I leveled up to level 54, grinded for a little while, mainly to get better gear for my follower because my follower had shit gear. And I needed uh, basically mm-hmm. a... Um, someone to divert some of the attention and damage away from me <laughs> turn the battle so that I could run away enough and use my skills enough to stay alive long enough to have a chance to win, and I was able to do that. But I, I guess that would be a good example of, to me, that I only had to play for like another five or six hours to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that would have been a, a much longer time commitment in Diablo 2 does that probably speaks again. Yeah, probably I was playing at the lowest difficulty level, but yeah. it was re- it was still even though I hit that uh, obstacle, it was still with a little bit of uh, advice from you, relatively easy for me to beat the base storyline of the game.
1: Yeah, so I mean, both games, Diablo two and Diablo three, both have a grind to them. Okay, Diablo two the, the grind is much longer, and the grind isn't the grind for Diablo two is not just find the right gear, but like very very specific gear. But also the runes, which I'll talk about later. Okay. Um, the runes are really, really rare, especially the high level ones, and so that was more of the grind, is finding all of the bits and pieces to fit them together in a lot of different ways. But also figuring out how to to set your skills based off of the gear that you want to find and everything like that.
0: I guess to that point, just to say, just to complete my thoughts on three, because like I said, from a gamer's perspective, I barely played three. Mm-hmm. even though I, I played for 50 hours, but I played long enough to know that I want to play more. And the reason I gave the game back, I stopped playing and gave the game back to you because we're now recording five or six days from the early release of Diablo 4.
1: I haven't been this excited since my first pair of boobs that I saw. This is...
0: <laughs> In person or on like a TV screen?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so since I knew... I borrowed the game from you. It's like, okay, is this something I would even be willing to, to play? And I liked it, but I was like, well, I should just give the game back because I'll just play Diablo 4, both in part because it's going to be the newer game, but also because we could game online together because mm-hmm. I have my own PlayStation. If I didn't like Diablo 3, I would have just given the game back to you and not bought... I didn't buy the early release of Diablo 4 until after I decided I liked the game enough mm-hmm. to want to continue. And I did only complete the storyline, didn't spend a lot more time with it, but I played it enough to grasp some of the things that you and Brandon had talked about of how infinitely playable the game is and all of the different combinations and permutations. I mean, I only play briefly with six of the characters. I only went beyond level 20 with two of the characters. I didn't spend a lot of time with Mm -hmm. all the classes, but I got enough of a little bit of, oh, there's different strategies for different characters and different classes and different gear combinations. And again, well below level 70 in D3. I didn't really see any of the real gear like you showed me this morning before we did this recording. But I got enough to know that, oh, there's a lot more to the game. Mm -hmm. And you could just play Like you guys said, it's endlessly replayable. I get it now. And that's why I was like, I'll buy Diablo 4 and I'll, I'll play Diablo 4. So I know I've only scratched the surface, but I really did enjoy the trying to figure out different combinations of skills, trying to find some gear. Even again, My dumbass newbie trying to beat the big boss in Diablo 3 is like, I figured out, it's like, I'm dying. So there are some skills that allow the demon hunter to go into shadow form and basically get some extra health or avoid getting as much damage. And there were some gear and skill combos that kept me alive just enough to not (laughs) die so that I could win. So I got it, and I can understand how there's a a lot of thought can go into it. It's not just a point-and-shoot game. There's a lot more depth to it, so I get it.
1: So, so yeah, the, the, the grind in Diablo 2 for that is looking for very specific items, very specific gear, very specific things, mm-hmm. and those only exist in a randomized way. Where Diablo 3, it's much easier to get the gear and adjust the gear. So there's a lot more aspects to the game, which to me makes it more enjoyable. The play style is a lot more enjoyable to me but you don't have the satisfaction of finding the piece of gear that you've been grinding for quite like you do in d2
0: okay
1: because it's so much easier to get because there's different ways of getting the gear you don't just have to grind playing the same level you've got ways of like re-rolling stats you've got ways of like buying random things that could be the good gear you could take legendary powers off of the gear and uh, use kanai's cube to just always have that ability um, so it's a lot easier to build a character in Diablo 3 and also with Diablo 3, you could change your skills at will. Right. And you could readjust and, and tweak things. Whereas Diablo 2, you had once per game, you could reset your stats and do it, do it over. Once. Oh.
0: I, I was changing my skills all the time. Right, exactly. But also as a newbie, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just trying a bunch of different
1: yep. things. So so I I'd mentioned that the, the earlier uh, recording mm-hmm. about how like that's I didn't like it because I'd set it up a specific way and then it was no longer any good and I couldn't do anything about it because I was already set. Mm -hmm. Whereas Diablo three, if it's not working for you, you can adjust it and change it. So to me, that's more fun to be able to play with the different combinations and stuff and and play around with it to figure out what works. Whereas in Diablo two, that's what makes it more fun for other people is starting. If it doesn't work, starting over from scratch again. And I don't like starting over from scratch. I want to just keep building and adjusting and playing with it. I I don't want to have to spend 50 hours to figure out, oh, this isn't going to work and start over again, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why I like Diablo 3 so much more than Diablo 2. It's much more for a casual gamer. It's much more accessible for a casual gamer, but it also has the complexities to make it more fun for an avid gamer. And the reason a lot of Diablo 2 fans didn't like Diablo 3, it was really clunky when it first started, like the first three to six months. It did not work the way that it should have. The endgame content wasn't there quite right. It was sloppy, it was messy, and it wasn't ready. So a lot of the D2 players that hate D3, it's from that first period, and now they're just assuming that everything else is like that now, even though they've changed a lot of things. They introduced seasons, uh, which means you know every nine months or, or every once a year or so, a couple times a year. You start over with a new character with kind of set goals. And as you complete those goals, you get set pieces, which are items that work together to give you more powers. And that was the green stuff that I was showing you and how it all kind of works together. And and a lot of Diablo two players just didn't really like that. So there's a lot of animosity between Diablo two players and Diablo three players. So then now with Diablo four coming out, Diablo two players are like, please be more like Diablo two and Diablo three players are like, please don't be like Diablo (laughs) two. And so, and it really seems like a lot of Diablo 2 players just want a newer version of Diablo 2. They keep saying they want something new that's similar, but anything that's not exactly the same, they're saying it's not good enough. So <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what to what to do about that, but we'll, we'll talk about that more here in a minute. The other thing that I wanted to jump back to, because we'd mentioned it earlier in the, in the earlier recording, was scaling. And, and I tried to explain it, but I wasn't really focused on what I was saying. Uh, so I don't think I explained it right. Um, so in Diablo 3, there was some sort of scaling to where like monsters would kind of grow in difficulty with you somewhat. Okay. So you weren't just breezing through it as much, but there would only very limited. But also like if, if I was playing Diablo 3 and then you jumped in and started playing in the game with me, all the, the monster difficulty would go up by like
0: 10%. Okay.
1: So it would, it would add a little bit more of a challenge. So we weren't just plowing through everything. Diablo 4 scaling is going to work differently. So you've got different regions because it's a more open world. You've got different regions. And like, say, in this first region, the monsters are level 5, base level, level 5. And the next one region, it's base level 10, right? Well, as you scale up beyond that base, they scale up with you. So if you're in a region with the base level of 5 and you're level 40, the monsters are going to go to level 40. But if you're a level 40 and you go to an area where the base level is 50 you might be screwed because they're going to be level 50. But also, there's a a level of scaling, too. So say I'm a level 40 character, and you jump in, you're level 5.
0: That was, I think, where my question came from in the earlier recording was, am I going to be... I think it was along the lines of, will it be annoying for me to play online with you because you're going to be at much higher level than
1: me? So in Diablo 3, it was that way. If I was level 40 and you were level 5, the monsters are level 40. I'd be screwed. You're you (laughs) If you get hit, you die. And if you hit them, (laughs) nothing happens.
0: Uh Ah, okay.
1: Right. And and that was kind of a, it was really annoying for people sometimes, especially, I think I kind of mentioned it too, of before, if somebody was jumping in, they're like, Hey, I want to, I want to play with you. I'd be like, hold on, let me pull out this character. You Uh, jump in with me. I'll get you leveled up to have everything accessible within a couple hours. And then once everything's (laughs) accessible, I'll jump back with the lesser character and then we can play together on an equal, more level playing field. So Diablo 4 scaling is going to be very different. So if I'm level 40 and you're level 5, the monster we're fighting together, the one I'm fighting, you know, it's the same guy, but as far as the damage I'm doing to it, it's going to be level 40, but you're seeing a level 5 one. So like if I were to hit it and do 5% damage, it's going to be 5% of a level 40. And if you hit it and do a 5% damage, it's going to be 5% of a level 5. And then it scales that way so that we're both being effective against it. Oh, okay. I, th- I think that's a good idea. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be, make it much more playable. So even though we're both going to be playing at the same time, very high likelihood I'm going to be playing a lot more than you are. Yeah. So especially after a few days, I'm probably going to be way beyond. Oh. And, and so when you jump in and play together, and I'm, I've probably got, I, I think on deck, I've probably got seven or eight people that I just know that we will be playing together mm-hmm. at some point. It won't matter where there, anybody's at on levels. We can still be able to play together. The only part that makes that difficult is some of the storyline dungeons mm-hmm. are only accessible during that part of the storyline. So we may have to do some of those solo. So yeah. if I'm further in the storyline mm-hmm. than you are, and that actually happened during the beta. I was
0: about to say during the beta, I, I had to go off on a solo mission during the beta. Yeah. I think that was because, again, my character was uh, much lower level-wise than yours.
1: Yeah, and you could not hit walls.
0: I could not hit walls.
1: That was <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that's how scaling is going to work on Diablo 4 and I think it's going to be much better.
0: Now is that something I mean, I think that that's much better. Yeah. Is that something that hardcore gamers are going to be annoyed by?
1: No, no, I don't I don't think it will. I I can't really see any negative aspects to it. Okay. Um it's different, but it should be good. Anything else from your experiences that you wanted or any other questions about the game series or anything?
0: I mean, again, like I had said before, it's like I could I know I could have spent a lot more time playing around and especially going back and and redoing stuff with some of the character classes that I didn't play very much with. I also could have created multiple versions of the same class and and tried out some different things. But I intentionally didn't do that because, again, like I said, I knew I was going to be playing Diablo 4, which is going to be slightly different. So I figured I'd just wait until Diablo 4. So there were some aspects of the game that I just sort of ignored. But I played it enough to understand that I would be enjoying to play it. So a lot of the questions that I had in my mind, I was like, I'll just wait until we get to Diablo 4. If I can't figure it out on my own, then I'll just ask you. But again, I accomplished my objective of I played long enough to, to feel like I wasn't shooting walls. So I was actually pointing at the thing I was trying to shoot understood how to navigate the dungeons, how to go through the story and and a general idea. And and the other thing I knew, too, is like the system's changing a bit in Diablo 4 in terms of the way the skills work and the way the Mm -hmm. and the character classes are changing a little bit, too. So I was like, I shouldn't really get too attached to I like a monk or I like a wizard or I like whatever, because it's five different classes to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And Four, it's like, I'll just wait until four. To answer your question, I think that's good. I'm good for now.
1: Okay. So I wanted to hit on some more things. So after the betas, there's been a lot of Diablo 2 fans that have been ripping into it about why it's not, it's not as good as Diablo 2 because of XYZ. Okay. So I wanted to hit on that and kind of give my, some of my opinions on it. Okay. So go. one of the biggest things is Diablo 2 is the levels are completely randomized. So like when you go into the dark woods, which is a big area, you know, it's a big open area. You've got to explore that whole big open area trying to find whatever it is that you got to find there. But every time you go to the dark woods, the layout's different. Oh. So like if you need to find this tree of, I I don't remember what it's called. I don't even remember if that's in the dark woods. (laughs) But you you need to find this specific tree thing that's (laughs) got something on it, right? It's always in a different place every time because it's so randomized. Oh, okay. So you never know where it's at. Every time you go into a dungeon, the layout is completely randomized. This is this was in D two. Yep, Diablo two. Okay. Yep, it's oh every time you play it, it's a different game, even though all the quests and everything are the same. The layout is completely different.
0: Three was not like this.
1: No, three is kind of similar. Where you know you go to the dark wood, it's it's wide open and it is somewhat randomized in what's where, but kind of the same because it's it's a world, mm-hmm. right? And, and they had kind of set a little bit more of this is a world. When you're in a world. Things don't change. Mm-hmm. This tree always right there where that tree is, right? <laughs> so so there's, there's a little bit of difference there. And, and it was a really cool aspect of Diablo 2. So they're kind of mad. They're like, Diablo 4 is less open world because everything is s- still in the same spot. So you know exactly where you're going to go, and, and it's kind of cheating. It's not as fun to replay. Even though the dungeons are somewhat randomized, it's still similar layout. Whereas in Diablo 2 very different layout every time so in diablo 3 also had kind of that same too if, if you were if you were in this type of dungeon it's going to have a fairly similar layout like the exit might be in a different spot but the layout's going to be about the same
0: i like the fact too in diablo 3 that not all of them but some of them would have i think this is probably more for the side missions it was always a portal to, if you went on a side mission, there was a portal to get you back to...
1: Yeah, that didn't exist in Diablo 2 either.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That was the other thing I screwed up, like on one of the one, on one of the runs, I didn't unlock the way ports. <laughs> 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 so it was harder for me. I, I just like, because like, I just walked by them. I didn't realize you had to step onto them and like activate mm-hmm. them so that you could use them later. That goes back to one of the stupid newbie mistakes I was making.
1: Yep. So so that's one big thing. And then the other thing is the randomization of everything, uh, the drops. Okay. So in Diablo 2, it is like the rarity is kind of set. Obviously, as you progress into the game, you're more likely to get better stuff. And, and there's kind of breakpoints. Like at a certain level, if the range of the drop is 10% life to 15% life, whatever it is. And then there's a break point at a certain level, like level 35, it goes from 10 to 15 to 13 to 17 or, or something like that when it rolls. So there's a bit of that, but the biggest thing is runes. So runes are kind of like gems. If anybody listening has never played Diablo before, there are some gear items, set items, you know, armor, gloves, weapons, whatever it is, they have uh, what they call sockets. So it's basically an open spot where you can put a gem or, what, or a jewel or whatever it is that you find that you can put into it that gives extra power to it. You're putting an
0: Infinity Stone in the glove.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So that would give you like extra strength, extra dexterity, you know, more chance to hit, more chance to find magic items, whatever it is. So runes, there was a lot of runes and each one had very specific attributes to them or what they could do. Some of them are very, very hard to find. Like people would grind for, I think I said like 20,000 hours or whatever it is. They could sit there and grind the same dungeon for 20,000 hours before they find it. That's a hyperbole, correct? No. So literally, I actually just watched or just saw it was actually a news item because somebody that's been playing it for 20 years finally found this one rune that's almost impossible to find. 20 years to find this one rune. Wow. So, I mean, that's that's how rare it is. And that's what Diablo 2 fans like is because imagine the elation of finding that rune after 20 years of looking for it. Now, it's right? still a
0: random number generator, so you yeah. could have just gotten lucky.
1: Yeah. Yep, it kind of goes to what I was saying uh, earlier in the early recording about Diablo 1, mm-hmm. that I just got lucky I found and that found that sword. Mm-hmm. And actually, I found it in a barrel. I didn't even kill <laughs> something. That I broke open a barrel, and the sword fell out. <laughs> and it's, like, the best item in the game. Wow. And, and so it is completely randomized, but it's also, like, you know, it's set, you know, one in two million chance, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But then there's also the the a part of the runes was... If you had this item with no magical properties, but it had a certain number of open sockets, if you took specific runes and added them into the, that item in a specific way, you could get all the super powerful stuff out of it.
0: Now, is that something that you only found out through trial and error? Yes. In terms of what the combination? Was?
1: It was initially set up that way, but thanks to the glory of the internet, people started <laughs> compiling <laughs> <laughs> to tell you what it is. And that's actually one aspect of Diablo 2 Resurrected that they did update is they created more of those. they called Rune Words. And so they they created a few more of those. So there's a lot of hope and expectation that they're going to have something like that in Diablo 4. And that right there, those runes are one of the biggest problems Diablo 2 players have with Diablo 3. Because it didn't have the runes and didn't have anything like the runes. Oh. What Diablo 3 did have is legendary gems. But we don't really need to get into that. Okay. So there's that big aspect. Another thing that Diablo 2 had that people loved was the trading aspect. So because of all of the grinding that needs to happen to find specific gear, there is a, a trading option of you could go to somebody that's got that gear and say, hey, I'll trade you this for that. And a lot of times it was gold. And a lot of times people, it would end up being cash money. One way or another, they would find a way of basically buying the item that they needed from this trading shop. And there were people whose basically their job was grind to find the gear and then sell it. And that's how they lived their life. You know, they didn't have a job. Their job was grinding to find the gear to sell it in Diablo 2. So Diablo 2 players really want a trading aspect of Diablo 4. And the devs, developers of Diablo 4 are like, no, we don't want to do that. We want it to be individualized. If you want that gear, we want you to grind to find that gear. They are trying everything they can do to make sure you cannot purchase power. I mentioned that earlier too. Cannot buy power, also including you cannot buy power from other players. If you want the gear, you got to grind to find it. I, guess I love The only that.
0: way you can buy power is me paying you to play for me.
1: We could arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that too. And then there's a little bit more like class-specific stuff that goes on in Diablo 2 that may or may not be in Diablo 4. Again, I didn't like Diablo 2 as much because it was much more a computer-based, grinding, hardcore gamer-type game, and I got to work. I just don't have enough time to play it that way. I don't have the time or patience to have to replay over and over to figure out how it works together. Now, again, with the glory of the internet, it's making it a little bit better because I'm like, okay, I want to play this type of character. What do I need to play it? And I can go look it up. And people have developed and said, OK, if you want to play a bow style rogue, here's your skill setup, and here's here's what you should do in progression building it, uh, which makes it way easier. And it makes it a little more enjoyable because then I can actually play and I don't feel like I'm falling behind. So there's that. Any questions you have about Diablo 2? It sounds like I might not have enjoyed that game as
0: much. I think the more casual gameplay or more accessibility to the casual gamer that I experienced in 3, and which hopefully will be an aspect of it, or at least it's, I guess in all of them, I guess even back in 2, I probably could have just enjoyed it as a casual player. I just would not have gotten a lot of the stuff that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. So I think on on any of you, you could probably just choose your level of engagement and just play the game the way you want to play the game and get whatever level of enjoyment. If you just want to run around and shoot stuff, you can just do that. If you want to get really into the story, if you want to get really into finding the rare items, you can do that too. So I guess there's no one way to play or one way to enjoy the game. So that's a good thing.
1: So there was a guidebook that I had for Diablo 2 a long time ago as well, Mm -hmm. which actually spelled it out. And basically it would be like, there's prefixes and affixes that could be on an item. And so it listed them all out. If you got this prefix, this is what it meant. And this is what could roll for the attributes to it. Mm -hmm. And if it was the suffix... This is what it meant and what could could roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also list out all of the runes. But then I mentioned before about the rune words. It just said, oh, by the way, if you do this, magic things can happen. <laughs> it didn't actually list them out for you. And, and they kept developing it more and more and more, creating more as, as time went on as well. So there is a continuous update aspect to it as well.
0: So for me... I'm going to be looking more of the experience of going from Diablo 3 to Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it, it's great to have that backdrop. And I'm sure a lot of people who are listening who have played Diablo back to 2 is really cool to hear that. For, for me, I'm really going to be, again, a very limited <laughs> amount of time. But I'm going to be comparing initially at least Diablo 4 to Diablo 3.
1: So Diablo 2 had three difficulty levels. Okay. You play through on normal, and then after you beat the game on normal, you start over at the beginning of the game again on hell, I think it was, or nightmare. And then once you beat that game, then you start on the next one, which I think is hell. I don't remember. it might Those might be reversed. I don't remember. Exactly. I'm not good with words.
0: And <laughs> by um, beat the game again, you mean going back through the campaign yep, and the story of yep. the game?
1: And that, and that's all you're doing is just going through the campaign over and over again.
0: Oh, and that and that's the only option in, D2, in Diablo yep. 2. Yep. Whereas in Diablo 3, there was something that I didn't get to. I beat the game, which I guess is the campaign. Yeah. I never
1: got into what's adventure mode? Uh, I mean, it's the end game is what they call the end it. End game? Okay. Yeah. And that's and that's kind of where I was going with it is with okay. Diablo 3, with, with Diablo 2, it made it infinitely playable as the grind to get the better gear to advance. Okay. And what Diablo 2 players didn't like about Diablo 3 is how easy it is to keep advancing. Okay. And that's what I loved about it is you're always advancing. Okay. So the way Diablo 3 was set up is you get to level 70 and all your skills are unlocked and, and all of the gear is unlocked and everything. Everything is available after level 70. But then you start leveling up again at, at one uh, in the Paragon board is, is what they call it. So you get level 70 and then Paragon level whatever you're at. And to show how much I played Diablo 3, I am at Paragon level 664 which again, to hardcore gamers, I barely played, Uh you know, know, compared to people like the streamers and stuff that have really, that really break it down and play it. And so the way that's developed is you've got your skill board, which just basically, you know, in Diablo one and Diablo two, you put points into whatever skill you want to use. And then the skill becomes stronger as you, as you build those points in Diablo three, we don't have that skill board in Diablo three. It's when you reach this level, this skill unlocks for you. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right. And then you can find gear and stuff that makes that skill more powerful. Right. Or or adjust that skill a little bit. Diablo 2 doesn't have that. Diablo 2 has like maybe plus one to that skill, which it makes it a little bit stronger, but it doesn't alter it the way that the, the gear alters the skills in Diablo 3. And then the Paragon board is like you level up on Paragon, you get a point to put into whatever aspect you want to. And there's four sections of the board and you kind of rotate. So you get one point for this section, which could be whatever your main stat skill is, vitality, movement, speed, mana, build, whatever it is. And then you could choose what you put it into that skill into. And then the next time you level up, it goes to the next section and you can put it into one of those, you know, so there's a total of 16 options that you can put points into to keep advancing. I love that ability because then I could customize and make the I could make a build, I could make a character play the way I want to play, and I'm not going to get screwed at somewhere along the line because of the way I like to play. That's what I didn't like about Diablo 2, and that's what I loved about Diablo 3. And no matter what you're doing, you're always advancing. You're not stuck trying to find something. You're always advancing a little bit, which then also allows you to advance in difficulty level, which then increases the chance of finding the magic items, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, so you can keep building. So that's what I loved about Diablo 3. Now, the way that Diablo 4's Paragon board is going to be very different. So is it going to have a system similar to 3? Kind of, but no. Okay. It, it's a weird combination of, of 2 and 3. Because it was like three. a
0: skill tree. From what I yep. remember very briefly from the beta, there was a skill tree, which looked kind of like the skill tree you showed me in D2, but not.
1: Yep. Exactly. So so Diablo 2, you had 100, I think it's 100 levels. And then once you've gotten level 100... You no longer get any skill points. You no longer get to advance in any of your skills. And I already explained Diablo three. Diablo four. It's going to be once you get to a level one hundred, then you start the Paragon board, which is where the skill tree is.
0: What was the thing? Then what? Maybe I'm using the wrong term. I remember from playing the beta, I got a skill point.
1: Yeah, I said I it kind of wrong. Could yeah. put
0: it on something that I thought was a tree.
1: Yep. So there's this, the normal skill tree, and then there's the Paragon skill tree. Oh, that's yep.
0: right, too. Yes. It, so, oh, I remember that from the beta. There, was, there were yep. the two trees.
1: Gotcha. Yep. So yep. the Paragon board is going to be very complex. It, like It is incredibly complex. Okay. So if Diablo 2 players give it a chance, they're going to like that because it's going to be very similar to where, oh, you have to really think ahead and how you're going to build it to know what you're going to do. I'm not going to try to explain it because I'm not going to explain it well. Okay. Uh, but basically like you start off on on this board and you can kind of choose somewhat which Mm -hmm. board you start with. And then as can you advance through different things are going to be available. And then once you get you choose because it's it's set up like a block. And then the center point of each of the sides of the four, you know, the square is where you go to the next board. And so you can choose which path you go to to get to the next board. And then you can, when you start the next board, you can rotate it before you start it to figure out where you want to start and where you want to end to move on. And different things are available in a different order depending on how you orient it. So that's going to change a lot and make it more infinitely playable. Similar to infinitely playable and always advancing as Diablo 3, but it takes the thought process of Diablo 2.
0: Oh, okay. So it should appeal to everyone then. They're,
1: they're really trying to appeal to everybody on this one. Okay. Uh, another thing, so a lot of Diablo 2 players didn't like about Diablo 3 was the riffs, And that's most of the end game, and I showed you what that was. Yep. Uh, basically, you open a portal to, an, to just a dungeon, and you have to play through that dungeon as quickly as possible to beat the end guy, which then unlocks the legendary gems that I mentioned earlier and, and stuff like that. But that's almost it for the end game, for the most part, is just running those riffs. Okay. It's more about developing your character to reach the highest level rift you possibly can and complete it as fast as you can. And so there's like leaderboards and stuff. Uh, You know, you're competing against people all over the world to see who can beat the highest level rift the fastest. That was the end game content for the most part. So Diablo four, instead of that, they're going to have the dungeons that are set and they're going to have different difficulty dungeons, different things that open up at different times so instead of like a single rift that you're running over and over it's running different dungeons over and over that are going to be set up and different every time okay. um so it's similar but different and it's more open world instead of just going over here in town and opening a portal to it you actually have to like physically go to the where the dungeon is and go play the dungeon so hopefully that just makes it a little more fun a little bit more engaging than just walking over, opening a portal, doing the dungeon, opening a new portal, doing the dungeon. It's, you actually have to physically go there and do the thing. So hopefully that makes it a little more fun. And then I, I mentioned it slightly earlier about Diablo III, uh, Kanai's Cube, where you can pull legendary powers out. Like, say I find a sword. I don't use a sword. You know, my build doesn't use a sword. But it's got a really cool legendary power that I really want to use, but I don't use a sword. I can go to Kanai's cube, which is an aspect of it. I can pull that legendary power off of that sword, and then I can apply it to just my character. And you've got three slots that you can use, you know, a weapon, a piece of jewelry, and a piece of armor. And you can use a legendary aspect that you've pulled off of one of each of those, and you have that active at all times. Similarly to that in Diablo 4, you're going to be able to pull that legendary power, they're calling them Aspects, off of one piece of equipment and put it on something else. Okay. So I find this sword I mentioned before. Got a cool legendary power, but I don't want to use a sword. I want to use an axe. Mm-hmm. I can pull that legendary power off that sword and put it on the axe. So now I've got the axe with that legendary power. Nice. Um, similarly to that, you beat a dungeon that gives you a, an aspect or codec, whatever they're, they're calling it it's a lower level of that legendary power like the base lowest level possible of that legendary power but you can you put it on anything whereas if i were to pull that you know stat rolled high level legendary power off that at that sword i put it on the axe when i was permanently on the that axe i can't put it on anything else unless i pull it back off that axe again but i when i beat the dungeon and have that power available i can put it on anything i want so, I think it's going to be interesting. Um Diablo 4 really seems like it's going to be about a lot of different ways to customly build a character that you want to play the way you want to play it, but there's also going to be the aspect of you're going to have to earn it. You're not going to be able to just walk through the game and get it. You're going to have to earn it and figure it out and build up to it as well. It's not all going to be available right away. Like it feels like it is in Diablo 3. I mean, you, you kind of saw that. You, you, got, you probably got some legendary stuff that was pretty good in your little bit of playthrough. Yes. Whereas in Diablo 2, so what would you say you were at, 54?
0: Yeah, 54 was as high as I went. And,
1: and I think that's pretty similar to where I'm at in, my, in the Diablo 2 character I was just playing you know, a little bit. No legendaries. Wow. And so, I mean, it's, I barely had any gear usable, really, at that point. So that, that's kind of where a lot of the controversy lies. In Diablo 4, it is going to be a lot harder to get some of that really good gear, which is why they wanted to give the powers available through the dungeons, so that way to kind of hold you over so you're not lacking the ability to play the way you want to play. It's just not going to be as good as if you find the gear.
0: That makes sense. It seems like they're trying to reach a compromise between mm-hmm. the people who like Diablo 2 and the people who like Diablo 3. Yeah. So, while also still having a game that is approachable to casual gamers like me. Yeah. So it's not something that it's, I mean, it's, it's difficult to try to be, to appeal to everyone. You're, you're going to piss off everyone <laughs> <laughs> to a certain extent. Like yeah. every, everything that a hardcore gamer doesn't like, a casual gamer will and vice versa. So you're never going to find some like perfect equilibrium where everybody is happy. Oh, but yeah, at the same sure. time, from the game developers perspective, the more people that they can appeal to, the better because then they have more people who are yeah. buying and playing the game.
1: I'm going to recap just a little bit. Okay. So Diablo one, what was awesome about it is it was, it was dark. It was gory. I I mean, like it was physically dark, but it was also like mentally, dark. like it it was an emotionally dark game. It was gory. It was brutal. Diablo two was a little bit lighter, but it was much more based off of a skill tree. So Diablo one, like once you reach the high level, everything's maxed out. So you just play the, the way you want to play. Diablo 2, you have skill trees that you could only have so many, like there's between you could put up to 20 points in each skill, and between all of the points available and all of the skills that are available. I mean that that's where I was going. I like think I said it was like three trillion or something like that, different ways of putting a character together. And so that's what a lot of people liked about Diablo 2. And then Diablo 3, what people didn't another thing that people didn't like about Diablo 3 is that it, it was much more cartoony. It was brighter. They had, like, levels of, like, rainbows and teddy bears and unicorns. They had pets that would run around and pick stuff up for you that were ridiculous. You know, they had a little unicorn. They had a a rag doll. They had, you know, different things. Some of them were a little more dark and grotesque, and some of them were just cartoony. And there was, like, you know, there's a weapon that's in the shape of a hamburger. You know, it's funny, but to hardcore Diablo players, like, no, that doesn't belong in Diablo. Diablo is supposed to be dark and gory. That doesn't belong in this world, and, and I fully understand that. But, but as we said, it's a much more accessible game. Diablo 3 is a much more accessible game. Yes. So Diablo 4, it's supposed to be darker, and I felt like it was darker, a little bit more gory. It has that complexity of building the character that the, the way you want to build it. It has the flexibility of being able to, oh, I don't really like this setup of powers, so I can use gold to pull it off and redo it. You know, it's, it's not free like it is in Diablo three, but it's still available if you need to do it. So I I like that as well. So, and the gameplay style is similar to Diablo three too, where it's much more accessible and easier to follow. So it really seems like they're pulling the best parts of the first three games and mashing it together in the best way possible. I don't know that they could do it any better than the way they're doing it. We'll see. But that's my expectation of Diablo four is that it's going to be infinitely playable like the other ones. It's going to be complex. It's going to take a lot of thought. It's going to be dark and gritty, which is awesome. It's just the best of all the worlds. And and that's why I'm so excited. I said, you know, I mentioned earlier how excited I am for this game. Uh, I don't know that I've ever been this excited for a game. I was really excited when Diablo 3 came out, but I didn't after my disappointment in Diablo 2, just because of the way that I play and the time I had available. I didn't think Diablo 3 was going to be that great. I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, that was a game I played it for a while. I liked it. And then I stopped playing it for years for like four or five years. And then like somebody came and was like, oh, what's this? And so we started playing it again and I fell in love with it again and played it way more. So, yeah, that's that's my expectations for Diablo 4 is I'm probably going to be playing it for a long time. I took a week and a half off work. So I've got 12 days that pretty much I'm only going to be playing that game. I've, I've got some other stuff that I'm going to have to do in the meantime. Because people keep trying to schedule things with me. Damn it. <laughs> so I am going to have step away from the game for probably at least two or three full days of that time in combination. Uh, but otherwise, that's how excited I am. I, I'm using my vacation time that I've built up just to play this game. And it's going to be exciting. What do you hope to see out of this game?
0: I'm looking forward to getting back into it again as more of my newbie gaming experience to get into the game and and experiment with it further. So I'm probably going to take a slow and methodical approach. I know there's five classes in Diablo 4, so I'm going to create at least... So far. So far. Create at least one character for each of the five classes and just play up to a certain level just to get a little bit of an idea of of the differences between the classes and what the game is like to play and and stuff Mm. like that. And And to get adjusted to the system again and get into it, I really enjoy again, as a newbie gamer, a lot of the things that were enjoyable about Diablo 3, like the creativity of some of the kills and the uh, the use of some of the scenery, like knocking over a wall so it falls down on top of mm-hmm. enemies. It's like yeah, that's like a, probably a standard thing that everybody sees in every game. It was funny to me because I don't do a lot of gaming
1: that that was actually kind of new.
0: Oh, it was okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking forward to to doing that, and I'll probably pay more attention to some of the smaller details that I ignored in Diablo 3 because I was just playing, uh, testing it out, essentially, for a little over a week before getting ready to do this recording. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I definitely will not become as involved in it as you are, <laughs> 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 but I could see it being the primary game that I play for most of the summer. And then depending upon if I get to a point where I start to get bored with it and want to do something else, I'm not sure. But it also will be occasionally entertaining that we will be able to play online together, too. So that might add a layer of enjoyment. I anticipate enjoying it for at least the rest of the summer as my primary game and mm-hmm. then getting into it more and learning a bit more about the game. I probably will never come anywhere near the hardcore level, but I, I think I will enjoy it as a casual gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it, even though it was uh, comparatively did not seem like 50 plus hours over the course of 10 days is a lot of gameplay for someone who does a lot of gaming. For me, that was a considerable amount. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so I, I, I enjoyed it. And again, I only stopped because I knew because four was coming and I didn't want to get too far into three since I knew I was going to spend time on four. So I, I, I will spend a, a fairly good amount of my free time over the course of the summer playing Diablo
1: 4. So a couple things on that. One, th- this actually gets into, like, when we're trying to record something, you're trying to figure out what to record a- an episode on. Mm-hmm. You're always asking, like, well, what did you watch? I'm like, well, I, I watched some things, but I didn't really pay attention. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why. I've actually got two TVs most of the time in my living room. One I'm playing a video game on, while the other one, whatever TV show, is on. And so I'm I'm grinding while I'm also watching whatever it is. So I'm only partially paying attention to either. Mm -hmm. So it makes the grinding easier because I don't get bored. Mm -hmm. But it also means I'm only partially paying attention to whatever it is. So I'm like, I didn't pay attention enough to really talk about it. Mm -hmm. I just got the general idea of what it was. And so that gets to be an issue somewhat on that end of things. I'm like, oh, I've got to rewatch all of that again Mm -hmm. and actually focus on it.
0: Um, For me, I'll probably listen to podcasts while mm -hmm. grinding, which actually I did do uh, a little bit. So I'll multitask that way. I don't know if I would be able to split my attention effectively between a video
1: game and a TV show or movie. Usually when I do it, it's a TV show that I don't care as much about. It'd be like sitcom type Mm -hmm. so I can hear it and be like, ha, ha, Mm -hmm. the end. Yeah, you don't really or something need to like that. pay that or, much attention
0: to it. Yeah. Or I pay
1: a lot like a lot of YouTube, like documentaries and stuff too, where I'm just kinda listening oh, yeah. to what it is. Mm-hmm. That's usually what I'm watching while I'm playing the game. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, video you know, YouTube video style podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. The other thing I wanted to mention too about Diablo 4 is um, they are planning expansions to it and they are planning seasons. And I kind of mentioned seasons earlier in Diablo three. Diablo Four seasons are gonna be similar as far as like you're starting over with a new character but it's going to have a theme to it. And they haven't really explained too much what that means, but it's going to be like blood theme or something like that, where it's going to be a new mission, new campaigns, new things like that. Instead of just saying like, Oh, go kill this person. It's mm-hmm. an actual storyline campaign. So I, I just realized this too. In the earlier recording, mm-hmm. I had said something about the rogue and like every time, every game, the rogue's been a little different, like weapon style and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I slightly misspoke, and that's if you hear hesitation in my voice, it's because I, I knew I was misspeaking, <laughs> but I didn't remember how. And, okay. and so, like, the first Diablo game, there was the Rogue, and it was mostly bow-based, I believe.
0: Okay.
1: The second game, it was an Amazon. And you could either be bow-based or you could be javelin or spear-based. In the third game, they kind of took the assassin and the Amazon and put them together and called it the Demon Hunter, which was bow-based mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and then you had crossbow or, or regular bow. Mm-hmm. And this one, they're going back to rogue, which again is more bow based. So they were the same, but different classes. And so when I mentioned earlier about like expansions, they're going to be expansions in this one. There always is. And they always introduce new playable character types in the expansion. And so there is an expectation that there's going to be a spear based expansion. Now expectation that's going to be the first one. There's also thoughts of like a paladin based or crusader based, you know, something like that, but they have pretty much struck that down saying, no, that's not going to be it from what I've understood. Anyway, if they don't do something like that somewhere down the line, I will be very disappointed. You know, they have to, they, they, they've got to have something that's sword and shield based. That That's kind of the main character of Diablo has always been that.
0: How frequently do expansions come out? So, I mean, the game is launching in June when would the first expansion be next year?
1: Generally speaking, it's about a year later, okay. usually. But because of the expectation and the work that's going into it, it wouldn't surprise me if it's sooner. It wouldn't surprise me if they do more expansions than just one, and they keep releasing new. Because they are really building Diablo 4 up to be a long-term-based game, like a lot of the Blizzard's other games are, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, There's still people playing World of Warcraft. It's still expanding, right? Oh, yeah. And and I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of what they're doing, is they're trying to build a world that they can keep expanding on, similar to other games to keep people playing it, instead of just going, all right, I guess we'll just put some new items in. They want to build the world. So hopefully that's what they do.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to it. The game comes out normal release on June 6th. So if, like, my guy, you you buy one of the early release things, you get access to the game six days, five days early. Yep. When I bought my pre-order, it said 6 p.m. Eastern time on June 1st. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I expect to enjoy it. And I think part of the, uh, a large part of the appeal is that we can both like the game at completely different playing levels and playing styles. hmm I can enjoy the game as a casual player. You can enjoy the game as a, maybe, I don't know, would you even be not quite a hardcore player? No. So you're at a level well above casual, but below hardcore. You can enjoy it. Hardcore players can enjoy it. And even though some people might not like the scaling that you described, I think it also, for me at least, it allows people of multiple playing levels to play together. Mm -hmm. I think that's a a good thing, too. So I think it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Six days. We'll be playing less than six days. Five days. days. Four days. Four days. Oh, yeah, today's Sunday. I got my days wrong. Four days. Four days away, we'll be playing... In four days, we'll be playing Diablo 4.
1: Four days and three hours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Any party words, Mike? What would Deckard Cain say?
1: This does not bode well. Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating, write a review... Reach out to us on Twitter at Fanboy Hater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes
0: on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's
1: P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.